Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In this episode, we're going to be talking just a little bit about the pre-tribulation rapture, and talking about and sharing some information on that subject. So what we are going to do is we are going to go over some different things that I believe supports a pre-tribulation rapture. Now... I have talked to several people who don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. They believe that the body of Christ will actually go through tribulation. Now, before I go too far on that subject, I want to remind you that tribulation is a description of an event. It is not the title of said event. So this event that most people refer to as the seven-year tribulation is actually seven years of Jacob's trouble. And in Revelation, it's referred to as tribulation, a tribulation period. However, it's not the tribulation, it's Jacob's trouble. And it's just referred to as a time of tribulation. And that is just a few of the things we plan on covering in this episode. So, like I was saying, um, this particular seven-year period is actually known as Jacob's Trouble. Jacob is also known as Israel in the Bible. So, if we go over here and we look at 1 Corinthians 1, verse 22, it says, For the Jews require a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. So, Jews are requiring a sign to get anything done. And that's exactly what they're going to get in the time of Jacob's trouble, okay? So now let's refer over here to Jeremiah 30, verse 7. And it says, Alas, for that day is great, so that none is like it. It is even the time of Jacob's trouble, but he shall be saved out of it. So what it's telling here is Jacob's trouble is trouble for Israel, and he's saying here that he shall be saved out of it. So Israel will be saved through this period. In fact, that's what gets them to turn back to Christ. Okay, They believe in the Old Testament. They don't believe anything in the New Testament. So it's going to get them turned back to God. And how it's going to do that is we have everything listed out in Revelation Okay, exactly what happens in Jacob's trouble. So these Orthodox Jews are going to be able to get a play-by-play, if you will, and basically they're going to be able to read through and follow through the book of Revelation, and they're going to see, you know, the seven seals, the seven trumpets, the seven vials. They're going to be able to recognize all of those signs And that's when they're going to realize they made a big mistake and they're going to turn back to God. So this whole thing of Jacob's trouble, or as some people call the tribulation, is designed for Jews to get the Jews to return back. So, you know, there's no reason why anybody would expect the body of Christ, which is Christians, to have to go or endure through Jacob's trouble because we already believe in Christ. So some more information on this would be in Matthew 24, 
verse 15, where it says, When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. So that right there is a pretty big clue, because as a Christian, okay, which I'm a Christian, as a Christian right now, okay, the temple or the holy place is in the Christian. The Christian themselves is the temple, okay? So we don't need a physical temple made out of stone that somebody can stand in. We are the temple of God, okay? So you see how this is, how this, all the arrows are pointing towards this is not for Christians? Right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own? So right there you go is, is a Christian doesn't have a temple. The temple is the Christian. Your body is the temple. Now another obvious reason why the um, Jacob's trouble is not for Christians is the fact that in that seven-year period, you have grace, you have faith, but you also have works. So you have to do lots of works in the tribulation period here in Jacob's trouble. You have to do a lot of works, and you have to endure to the end. Now, a Bible-believing Christian right now has grace through faith and no works required. So obviously that should give you another idea here that, you know, you are sealed to the day of redemption as a Christian. You don't have to worry about trying to endure to the end. Now, I have another one here. This is one that's really obvious to me. It's Revelation 14, basically 9 through 12. And what it's talking about here is it's talking about taking the mark of the beast. And it basically says, it's talking about these messages of these three angels, and it says, And the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast and his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same shall drink of the, of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out. You know, And it says, That person will be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast and his image, and whoever receiveth the mark of his name. Okay, so obviously you're in Jacob's trouble. Three and a half years into this, the um, Antichrist sets himself up in the temple and demands you take the mark of the beast. It says right here, if you take the mark of the beast, you are going to burn in hell, okay? You, you don't get away from it. You're done. So now how could a saved Christian, okay, go into the tribulation period, okay, into Jacob's trouble, and then, you know, somehow take the mark of the beast and lose their salvation when the Bible has already guaranteed them their salvation? You see, so that doesn't make any sense. That would it would be a contradiction. And since the Bible's not contradicting itself here, we know that this particular instance is not for 
saved Christians. If you're a saved Christian, you will never get to that point. You will be raptured out before this ever happens. Now, while you're in Jacob's trouble, let's say you aren't saved now and you manage to get into Jacob's trouble, now you have to have faith and works. So you can accept Jesus Christ, okay, while you're in Jacob's trouble. But if you turn around and accept the mark of the beast, you still go to hell. Why? Because it's faith and works. And this is something that you cannot do in order to go to heaven. Okay? You can't be saved if you don't follow the works. In this case, one of the things you are not allowed to do is take the mark. Okay? It's it's a plain as plain as I mean it's just written right out here for you. You can read it yourself. So obviously that is not for the body of Christ. Now, another thing here that Paul was talking about, and this was mentioned in 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58, he's saying here, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So what he's talking about here is the rapture. He's talking about at that time it was a mystery because they don't know when it's going to happen. Okay, now we do know when basically the second coming of Christ, the second coming is not really a mystery because once you start into the seven years of tribulation, into Jacob's trouble, you know, three and a half years into that, the Antichrist sets himself up. We know it's only seven years long, so you can pretty much guess at the year once this thing starts. You know you've got seven years. Now, when does it start? I mean, when does this thing start? We don't know. So that's how come nobody really knows when this rapture is going to take place. So that's why, you know, Paul says here it's a mystery, and he explains it to them. Now, Paul goes on to explain it again in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 16-18, where he says, For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then which we are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord." And then he goes on to say, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Now, I tell you, if he was telling them, Now listen, there is no rapture, and you are going to go into seven years of Jacob's trouble. You thought you had mercy and grace, okay? You thought you had salvation through grace, through faith. But actuality, you don't, okay? So really, now you're going to go into the seven years of tribulation. Jacob's trouble here is getting ready to start. You're probably going to end up taking the mark of the beast, so you're going to go to hell anyway. And if you happen to make it, you know, this, that, this, this, and this, I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And he sure wouldn't end up saying, wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Because if you told me as a Christian, now, now, Kenny, now listen, I know you're saved, but you're going to have to endure to the end through Jacob's trouble, and you'll probably get your head cut off after you're tortured. That's, that's not very comforting, is it? I mean, that is not comforting at all to me. So he's telling them this, that, you know, comfort 
have comfort in the fact that if you're a saved Christian, you are either going to die and go straight to heaven, or if you live up to the point of Jacob's trouble, which I think it's right around the corner, then you will be changed in the twinkling of an eye and you'll be caught up, you know, caught up together with Christ in the clouds. And the people that are dead in Christ or asleep in Christ, they will rise first. You know, they are going to be resurrected and they are going to rise. And then we that are alive and remain are going to be caught up as well. So that's comforting. You see, that's comforting to know you will not have to go through all of this stuff that's going to happen in the very near future. And the Bible makes that clear. You know, this, this Jacob's trouble is considered God's wrath being poured out. And we can find here in 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 9, it says, For God hath not appointed us to wrath, but to obtain salvation by our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us, that whether we wake or sleep, we should live together with him. So whether we die or whether we don't die, we are going to be with Christ. So we don't have to worry about, you know, the wrath of God being poured out on Christians. Now, another thing I'd like to mention here is that if you read Matthew 24, okay, you and if you think that applies to the church age right now, you can get really, uh, really messed up, okay, because that is not the case. I mean, Matthew 24 is doctrinally in the Old Testament, if that makes sense. And the reason for that, I say that, is because the New Testament begins when Jesus Christ dies on the cross. Okay, and I can point you to Hebrews uh, chapter 9, and we can roll down here to verse 15. And it says, And for this cause he is the mediator of the New Testament, it's talking about Jesus, that by means of death, for the redemption of the transgressions that we were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. Okay, goes on to say, For where a testament is, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead, otherwise it is of no strength at all while the testator liveth. Okay, so what it's saying here is Jesus Christ came and told everybody everything like he did, but you didn't get the redemption, you didn't get the sanctification from his shed blood until after he shed his blood, if that makes sense, okay? You can't have all the benefits of Christ dying on the cross if Christ has not died on the cross yet. In Matthew 24, Christ has not even died yet. So he is not talking about what you have to do to get saved. He is talking about something completely different. He's talking about things that are going to happen in Jacob's trouble or his second coming. Okay? He's talking about the second coming, not what what you're doing now. So that's why you cannot apply Matthew 24 to current, you know, the current things you're going through here in the church age. If you do, you can get very messed up doctrinally. Now, another reason here, obviously, that nobody knows when the rapture is going to take place, 
okay, we hope it's soon, we hope it's very soon, but we don't know, is we can get over here to 1 John 3, and I'll read verse 2. It says, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, talking about Jesus, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. So in other words, when we get raptured up to be with him, we're going to change, or our bodies will be changed, like it says, in the twinkling of, in the twinkling of an eye. We're not going to be in our fleshly body. It's going to be something different. Now we go on to say, And every man that hath this hope in him purify himself, even as he is pure. So the point of this is, if you're a Christian and you know that the rapture can happen at any time, you don't know when, you're to be ready, you see. You're to be constantly purifying yourself, trying to get ready, because you could meet Jesus at any moment, you know, and you basically, you know, you don't want to be caught with your pants down, so to speak, whenever you're being raptured here. So you want to be as pure as you can possibly be in trying to do the right thing. So, you know, you get raptured, boom, all of a sudden you're sitting before Jesus, you know, you kind of like to be, you know, in good fellowship with the Lord, not being out committing adultery or something like that. So in other words, you need to be ready. So if this wouldn't make any sense if you had to go through Jacob's trouble, because once you started going through Jacob's trouble and you realized, oh, well, we've started Jacob's trouble because now all these things are happening. We've got our playbook in Revelation that tells us everything that happens and the order that it happens. You could say, oh, well, this just happened. I've got seven years. I've got roughly seven years. Or if it was the middle of Jacob's trouble, the three-and-a-half-year mark, when the Antichrist takes over, you could be like, oh, well, I've got three-and-a-half years to get right. So you wouldn't have to worry about purifying yourself or maintaining purity of any kind, doing the right thing, because you know you know when it's going to end. You know how much time you have, so you can just blow it off as, as long as possible. Procrastinate all the way to the end. Okay? When you don't know when it is, like we don't, you're supposed to be ready. Ready and waiting. So, having said that, and you're ready, and, you know, looking around based on, based on what the Bible says is going to be happening in Jacob's trouble, and you kind of take a look at that, it's pretty obvious that this thing is, um, it's probably right around the corner. Um, it's fast approaching. So, I would give you the advice to be ready right now, because... It could happen at any time, any moment. There is nothing left that has to be done biblically, prophetically, that has to be fulfilled before the rapture takes place. Now, once the rapture takes place, then something else can happen. But we're basically waiting the next thing in line, the next big event, is the rapture of the church. And then we'll start Jacob's trouble. So there's nothing we're waiting on, per se, for this rapture to happen. So I believe that um, it's very fast approaching. And 
I believe that you really need to get busy. If you're a Christian, you need to get busy doing things, you know, um, that has to do with the Lord. Okay. You need to get busy, um, trying to get people saved. Okay. And I see this stuff online all the time. These people are talking about, you know, the, these presidents and changing this and changing that, you know, draining the swamp, the whole nine yards, you know, making making America great again. Okay, well, according to the Bible, it's never going to be great again. Okay, it's steadily declining, and it's going to decline to the point of we get raptured, and then it's really going to go downhill. Okay, it's going to go downhill so bad that if you're a Christian, at this time, you'll probably get your head cut off and you will take the mark of the beast or you will not buy or sell. So that is not getting better. Okay. So my advice would be, you know, don't try to stop this new world order that's coming. Don't try to stop it. You know, I mean, you can't fight the forces of the Antichrist. Okay. There's nothing you can do to stop it. We have the Bible. We have the prophecy. Basically, prophecy is like pre-recorded history, so it tells exactly what's going to happen, so there is no doubt. There's no doubt what's going to happen. So, basically, don't worry about it. Get right with the Lord while you can. Get saved if you're not. Start looking forward to the rapture or the blessed hope. Start thinking about that. And meanwhile, um, just get busy about the work of the Lord and lead as many people to Jesus Christ as you can, you know, while you have time. Um, do anything you can to get people saved while there's time. Because, you know, once you're raptured, you're done. Of course, you'll be in heaven, but, you know, the people that didn't hear or that didn't accept, they're going to be right here on earth. And, you know, unfortunately, most likely they'll be killed. And if they endure to the end... You know, that's that's great, but that's that's a long hard endurance. I wouldn't want to be here. I'd rather I'd rather rapture out if it was me. So, having said that, thanks for listening. Um again, you know, get saved while you can. You don't have to worry about any of this. You shouldn't have to worry about it. You should be looking forward. Looking forward to that rapture. You know, it's it's a it's something to look forward to and to anticipate. And it's going to be great. So if you're saved, that is. So anyway, if you have any questions, anything like that, give me an email at truthseekers at gmail.com. You can also go to our website at kennywilliamson.com and drop us a line. Tell us what you think. Thanks for listening and God bless you.